your Bible, go with me to the book of 1 John. We're going to begin a study going through the book of 1 John. I uh, just want to show you something kind of neat. I got this in uh, my email uh, this week. Um, this is a picture of Bauer. Um, there was a group of students that were nominated um, for a character award, and so I thought it was kind of neat for you all to get a chance to see that. This next picture, there's something that's really interesting to me about this um, uh, Seymour High School, you know, won the basketball game on Friday night. But I, what I want you to notice here, there are, you can't see the guy in the back. So there's a guy standing behind, I think that's Robert O'Hearn, who's number 35, behind number 35. But the four men that you see in, the, in that picture will be in church today, somewhere. So it's really kind of interesting that God is allowing uh, guys in our community lead a basketball program, which is kind of neat, and they're winning, which is always kind of fun. But the reality is they have the opportunity to impact the home for the last 40, 50, 60 years, and then that goes on to the next one. There might be a banner in the gym one day um, because some guys can play basketball, which is neat and fun. But the likelihood that the gospel has impacted Sebring High School basketball players, what are their homes going to look like? And then that passed on to the next generation and the next generation. So congratulations to those guys, but congratulations to the Lord for equipping these men to invest in the next generation of leaders uh, in our community. So I want to say thank you for all that. And the best part is Grant. You know, you got to see Grant there. That's the best part of the picture. So anyway, so I just wanted you to be aware of what, kind of what God's doing in our community. If you have a Bible, go with me to the book of First John. Now we're going to go the next couple of uh, weeks to the book of... First John together. Uh, so we're going to kind of get started this morning, and then we're going to do communion together as a family. So uh, that'll be really kind of neat too. So we're excited about that. Um, so start here in the in kind of the book of First John. Going to get some background information. Sometimes background information is not a whole lot of fun. You're like, man, this is background information. The reason that I'm going to share some things with you is because you need to know when John writes, what is he addressing? You're going to have a chance to look at the first, you know, uh, words of, of 1 John. You're going to be kind of thinking, well, why does he say that? So here I want to give you some things. There's been a, uh, some things that you need to be aware of. So there's been a time transition. You need to be aware of that 1 John was probably written around 90 B.C. B.C.? A.D. Why am I thinking B.C.? Not before Christ, after Christ. So Christ... There, when I'm looking at numbers, you're looking at 30 A.D. when Christ passed away, rose again. So then you got to transition about 60 years. And there's a lot that's taken place in society over those 60 years. And so what's happened is there's a group of individuals that have kind of filtered into society, and then they kind of work their way into the church, and they start saying some things about Jesus. So you now you got a group of individuals that are gathering as a family, but society is saying some other things. That, you know what, it's really important for you to have superior knowledge. It's really important for you to know that what we believe as humans, in this day and age, what was being taught was Jesus was just an ordinary guy. He was just a man. And so a group was coming in saying, oh, yeah, wait a second. We'll, we'll say he's God from the time after his baptism. So when they hear from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, until he's crucified. So the Holy Spirit comes down. Now he's God, man. 
And then when this crucifixion takes place, the Holy Spirit leaves. So he's not really the sacrificial atonement for our sins. So there's an attack, if you want to look at it more with theological words, is the deity of Christ. And uh, that's not what he is. And so now you've got this author, John, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to say some things back to the culture. Back to the day and age. So, okay, look, I want to address these things. And so here we go. So if you have your Bible, uh, you can look with me in 1 John chapter 1. Um, because of uh, the false teaching, this group is now going to have to say, okay, we're going to have to come back together. And are we going to believe this or not believe this? And that's kind of as simple as you this morning walking into our building and you just kind of sat down. You believe that we take care of our facilities. And so your belief demonstrated in action. That means you sat down. We didn't go through this week and tighten the bolts from what I'm aware of. Now, we do kind of make sure that things are taken care of. So belief, in one sense, I want you to see something. Belief kind of leads to your behavior. And I can, we can look at behavior and determine belief. So you look at now at 1 John, there's some things that are being taught, and so these individuals are going to have to take a leap of faith. Are they going to come up and read the word of God that's been given to them by John through the power of the Holy Spirit and accept it? By faith, this is what we're going to believe. Or are they going to listen to the world? Are they going to listen to their friends? Are they going to listen to society? Says, well, this is what society says. Yeah, but this is what my Bible says. And so at that point, as you read 1 John, you need to know that there was kind of like a, 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 a group saying, you know what, you're just not good enough. There's only this upper echelon, these really, really intelligent people that have been given the gift of knowledge. They're the ones that are in charge. They've got the answers. And John's going to say, that's not true. So if you want to kind of have two phrases you can hang First John on, one of them will be the basis of fellowship. So society's saying one thing, Jesus is not Lord, Jesus is not the oh, he's just a man. Well, John is going to say, hold on a second, if you want fellowship, this is the basis of fellowship. It's very simple. You can kind of go to look at the end of 1 John, chapter 5, starting around 10, 11, 12, 13. You can read in there and say, you know what? John says very clearly, you got Jesus, you have eternal life. You don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. I write these things so that you may know you have eternal life. Well, what's interesting is once fellowship is established, so there's a basis of fellowship, then there's another part of it. There's behavior within the fellowship. So because my belief is this, my behavior should be this through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're sitting with some young couples on Monday night, encouraging their marriage relationship. And when you talk with couples in marriage, it's work. It's interesting. It's fun. It's, um, 
other things too. But as we were listening, these words, Jimmy Evans said these words, the Holy Spirit has the power to transform personalities. The Holy Spirit has the power to transform personalities. So for fun, maybe text your mate. Have you seen any transformation in my personality over the years through the power of the Holy Spirit? Because you probably don't want to ask that question face-to-face. You might end up in a long argument that you don't want to start on a Sunday afternoon. So the basis is, I'm a Christian, right? Behavior is, through the power of the Holy Spirit, He transforms my life. Oh yeah, I have DNA, I'm a Patterson. But over the years... The Holy Spirit has an opportunity if I surrender to say, you know what, transform who I am. So if you have your Bible, go with me to 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it. And testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we write these things so that our joy may be complete. So this morning we're going to start with 1 John chapter 1. We're going to look at four verses. We're really going to kind of look at the first two verses, and we're going to transition into communion. So there's some other things that you can see, but I want to show you something at the very beginning. That which, you, that which was from the beginning. So society is saying, you know what? It's just Jesus. He's just a man. John, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to write down some word, that which was from the beginning. So, from the beginning. I was looking at different people, reading different things, and so one view you can look at from the beginning would be from the beginning of his ministry. Go back to Matthew. Go back to his baptism. Go back to when they hear her from, from heaven. This is my beloved son, and whom I am well pleased. From the beginning, Jesus. The ministry started, the gospel started from the beginning with Jesus. Now, what's kind of fun is we have some other things that are written. So what's another thing that was written that we could go back and look at and say, okay, from the beginning, Colossians chapter 1, Christ is supreme. So as we're, as you're looking at, as John is addressing this group of believers to this family saying, you know what, it's from the beginning. But this is what I love about this, this John's words. That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen, we have looked upon, and we have touched. Very interesting words. Almost kind of like maybe the author is an eyewitness. Almost like this individual's walked around and said, you know what? I know what people are saying, but I saw it. I heard it. I touched it. 
I looked upon. And so what's interesting is, so let's just talk a little about, he says in, in, in chapter 1 and verse 1, which we have heard. So I was just doing some thinking. One, and I don't know for sure what John was thinking, okay? So I can't go back and say, but as I'm looking at this author, what, what has he heard? As he heard when Jesus was in the synagogue and he spoke with power and everybody kind of walked out of there thinking, who's that guy? Nobody ever talks like that guy. Or if you want to look for some fun, go to look at Luke chapter 14. So Luke chapter 14. So take your Bible and go to Luke 14. Luke chapter 14. Look at verses 1 through 6. So uh, Luke chapter 14. On the Sabbath, when he went to the dine at the house of the ruler of Pharisee, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man who was with him who had dropsy, which I understand is that individual retained fluid, had probably had kidney issues, had liver disease, was not in great health. In verse 3, And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into the well on the Sabbath day, would not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Another one you can look at is in, in Luke chapter 18, where the children are coming, and Jesus is like, you know, the, the disciples are aggravated. So did he hear that? I don't know. But there's something this author wants those individuals to know that are struggling in that day and age, about 60 years after Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. I heard. It was from the beginning. I have seen. Was that disciple there or this author there when he walked on water? Was that, this, that disciple or author there when the feeding of the 5,000 took place? So, no, wait a minute. I know what people are saying, but, but I have seen. So you can say whatever you want to say, but I am responding through the power of this Holy Spirit as the pen goes along. It was from the beginning. I heard. I saw. And then he kind of makes it go on, you know, a little bit farther. I've looked upon. I've gazed on this individual. It wasn't just like that quick look and away you go. It wasn't like that, that conversation when your wife is saying to you, she's talking and you're not looking at her. And then these words usually come up. Are you listening to me? And if you, if you get help by the power of the Holy Spirit and you respond with the correct information that she's talking about, you get brownie points. If you don't, you're in trouble. But see, that's not what this author's saying. No, no, no. I'm engaged. It was manifest to me. I'm looking upon this. So the author wants these people that are struggling with, oh, no, no, he was just a man. Oh, no, 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 he wasn't really deity He's not really the savior of the soul. 
Oh, no, no, no. I looked upon that guy. I was there when this and this and this and and I got ahead of myself there. I was going to say here, this was what I was going to say about feeding of the 5,000. I was there. I looked upon that. Touched. You ever wonder what it must have been like 10 years after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to know that Jesus washed your feet? You ever wonder what it was like for those guys that sat at the table when they did the Last Supper? And as they're reclining, he's right there. What that must have been like for them? When everybody else was going in this direction, and they're the ones saying, hold on a second. I ate lunch with this guy. He washed my feet. No, I've, I've touched this person. And what's interesting is, is this individual just doesn't talk about the intellectual part of it. So see what, see what happens next. Go down to verse 2. The life that was manifested, we've seen it. So this individual again, we've seen it. But he doesn't stop there. And testify to you and proclaim to you the eternal life. So this information is got from here. Yeah, I've seen it. I've touched. I've looked. I saw it. But it's transitioning down to here, and I want to proclaim it. I want to testify to that. I'm willing to stand up. Maybe society's saying something else. I'm standing up today to say to you, I testify to this. I proclaim to you, Jesus. And what's fun is, as you look at this, keep on going down. Proclaim to you which was the Father, and which was made manifest to us. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you. Why is this so important? Because they wanted these individuals in that society to have fellowship with them. And fellowship does not come with superior knowledge. Fellowship does not come outside of Jesus. And so now this group is saying, you know what? Well, maybe this teacher's right, and maybe this teacher's right, and maybe this teacher's right, and God in his grace, and God in his sovereignty, and God in his power said, hold a second. First John needs to be written. So that society now would have to wrestle with, okay, what's the truth? Oh, you can say whatever you want to say, but an eyewitness is going to step up and say, hey, this is what I've been empowered to say. And I want to proclaim to you that because you know what? You're not going to have fellowship unless you have Jesus. If you go down a little bit farther, you read these words. And indeed our fellowship is with the superior knowledge guy or the the upper echelon teacher person or the one in society who is telling us what is right. No, no. This fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we write these things so that our joy may be complete. So you got four verses as you start out the book of 1 John. Interesting words to me, beginning. Interesting words to me. I've heard, I've seen our eyes, I've touched it, I've looked upon it. Now I want to tell you about it. I want you to know this because this individual Jesus has made my joy complete. 
So here you are on 3750 Hammock Road, part of our family. What have you seen? What have you looked upon? Where has he touched your life? So I'm pretty sure what would happen is, because we're in a building, here, let me just give you a, let me give you a microphone. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Where have you seen him? Where's the stories that you could go back and say, well, I was eyewitness of this. I was eyewitness of that person And that person was going in that direction. And now that person has gone in a totally different direction. A couple weeks ago, there was a group of individuals that were standing in front of you. Asking God to give them an opportunity to go to Korea. Take some resources with them to Korea. To bless an orphanage. As of to date, God has provided $7,500 to buy pizza and take kids to play. It's just like our God wanted to say, you know what? I wanted that kid in the orphanage to know. Here's a, and they'll, they'll eat weird pizza, like pizza with shrimp on the top of it and spicy shrimp on the top of it. I want that kid in South Korea to know that I'm, I'm an everlasting God, that I don't get tired. And that's just, that's just a little story, $7,500. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of money, but it's just a drop in the bucket. Where's your story? Where you've seen him. Where he's touched you. Where your personality's changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if we would pass the microphone this morning. I mean, I mean the author of 1 John's going to be very clear. <laughs> this, is what, this is what I'm going to say. What would we proclaim? What would be the, the so that statement? Well, yeah, I've got Jesus, and because of Jesus, so that. Look, here it is. This is what's happening. See, now we're, now we're going to transition. Celebrate communion. How much has changed since the last time you drank the cup? What verses have you went through and said, wow, you know, a couple weeks ago I, I read this, and a couple weeks ago I read that, and Thursday morning we were sitting with some guys in, in the conference room, and they were looking through, we've been through 1 John, now we're going through 2 John, and so I rejoice greatly, this is 2 John verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find some of you children walking in the truth. So a question was asked, what truth has affected you that you walk differently? And there's one guy that's, that's always had a lot of words, and it's fun to listen to him, but over the years, God has taken those words away. And so he looked at us, and he said these words, I define success this way, that I leave the judgment seat of Christ with a good report, not just smelling like smoke. I don't know how many years ago that man read that verse. But something has taken place in that man's life. He said, you know what? I'm going to stand before Jesus one day. 
And I don't want to leave there. Yeah, I've got, I've got fire insurance. I'm going to walk away. Yeah, I can get away by just smelling like smoke. And I want to leave there with a good report. Well done. That has impacted this individual's life. So I want you to know this morning, if you're a, if you're a Christian, and we define that this way, someone who believes in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your sin. I receive that. So that means you're going to have to pause and say, you know what, I'm a sinner. Well, that's one of the most wonderful places you'll ever get in your life. And then you had a chance to sing, my debt is paid in full. Hmm. My debt is paid in full. How does that affect you? If somebody just walked up and gave you $100, you would treat them one way. Somebody walked up and gave you $1,000, you'd treat them different. Somebody walked up and gave you $10,000, $25,000. How about the one who paid your debt in full? So Pastor Jordan's going to come, and the guys are going to come forward in just a second. But what would you testify oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Are you following Christ? Or are you telling him what to do? Is he changed? Is there an ongoing changing relationship through the power of your Holy Spirit in your life to say, wow, I surrender. Whoo, look how that changed. Oh, I surrender here. Whoo, look how that changed. Is your debt paid in full really impacting your life today? So as our guys come, we're going to give you just a little time to have a little come-to-Jesus meeting sitting in your seat. Asking him, is there anything in my life that, where I'm living in open sin? And be reminded, 1 Corinthians, very clear in chapter 11. Oh yeah, I'm living in open sin. Could cost you your life today if you just say, you know, I'm, I'm taking communion. It's not a big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm not trying to control your life. I'm trying to come, ask you to come face to face with the reality of the cross. There's thousands of people who say, I believe. But I believe as well. You know what's amazing? Because I believe, I've been given a gift, the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is changing my behavior. How about us? How about you? Let's give you a quiet moment.